Welcome to episode three of our Jerkeen interviews. This episode is sponsored by three local businesses, which we'd like to thank so much for their very generous support. Tom Power Construction, O'Mara's Bar, Gerard Daniel Worldwide. So back in 93, Ger, you made your senior inter-county debut against Limerick down in Gaelic Grounds, I believe. Yeah, I suppose, uh, I think it was uh, could have been a McGrath Cup now or uh, a National League. So, yeah, look, it was just, it was good to get the, the, the debut out of the way, I suppose. And uh, it was it was hard to break onto the Clare team that time because you had, uh, you know, John Mahan put a lot of trust on the, the Clare team that had won the Munster in 92. So um, I, I probably felt that I, I could have got on the, the championship team, but John just went for... You know, he, he the, the tried and trusted, we'd say. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cork beat us that that day. Colin Corkery was on fire. And we'd say it was a case of, you know, what could have been, I suppose, because it was only a one-match game that time. There was no backdoor system. So um, it was a pity because, you know, that team was still very much, you know, very strong at the time. And, uh, you know, if there was a backdoor system that there is there, uh, now you know it would be very competitive in the All Ireland competition as well. Mm. So you know it was great now to, as you said, to make the debut with Clare, and you were just looking forward to the next year and pushing on and, and trying to make a start. Very good, very good. And then in '95, then Clare were promoted to Division One. So that was uh, a monumental success for for Clare. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you were playing, you were playing top class teams, and you were being competitive. You know, you were playing teams like Down and Monaghan and, you know, uh, Kerry, going down to Austin Sachs playing Kerry. Um, we played Dublin up in Parnell Park. Um, so you were playing, the you know, really good games and quality games and you were improving and you were holding your own. You were being competitive. So, you know, the 90s in Clare football was one of the strongest decades, I'd say, you know, ever like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's great to be involved in that. Um, so... Yeah, in 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 terms of championship, then and and we were very competitive against Cork in ninety five and ninety six. Uh, we brought them to replays, and we probably should have beaten them. And then in ninety seven, we eventually got over the line against them in in ninety seven. Then in the championship, yeah, ninety seven was uh, I think a year that will stand out in everybody's mind. There, that Martin Daly goal. You know where you fed him that pass that day. You know. Yeah, yeah, it was it was fantastic. There was a big crowd in in Cusick Park that day, and it was televised on on RT as well. So there was a great buzz around. Uh, the hurlers were going well in ninety five and ninety seven as well. So Claire GA was on the up, and um, it was it was a tight match. I remember, and uh, it was you know uh, we just stuck with them. They were probably the better team on the day. We just stuck with them, and uh, we just picked picked them off uh, towards the end we were we were a couple of points down I remember and we just kept picking them off the scores and eventually then they were still two points up and uh, Martin Daly's goal it was at the death they hadn't a chance to come back after that then so it was a great great way to win yeah brilliant brilliant and let's not forget there you scored eight points that day as well and you were also man of the match yeah, I was hitting the freeze that day and uh, hit a few from play as well. So, yeah, things worked out that day. And, you know, as I said, it was more a case of, of getting over the line against Cork because uh, as a team we needed to do that because we'd gone so close. So it was just great to, to get to the Munster final and, uh, you know, to have a cut at Kerry. And can I just bring it back to you were the free taker on the day? Um, 
you were selected to take the freeze on mm. the day. In front of a crowd there of 25, 30, 40,000 even, I'm not too sure, but you know what goes through your mind when you're stepping up to take those frees? And the reason I only ask is you've got the likes of Ron Nagara, who has the, the pressure of the nation on his shoulders when he's trying to hit a kick from outside in the sideline. Like I'm sure that goes through your mind as well when you're the free-taker in the Munster semi-final against Cork. Yeah, I suppose, look, the fact that we, we were kind of the underdogs and, you know, we were chasing them as much as anything else. We didn't feel any great pressure on the day and, you know, I suppose I was taking the freeze. Um, Aidan O'Keefe would have been taking them before and uh, maybe Martin Daly as well. So just on the day, I was hitting them for whatever reason and uh, they, they were going well that day and it was just a case to stay in the moment and every free was counting on that day and thankfully they were going over. So look, it was just a case of whatever whatever it took, you know, it was just, we were very determined to be cocked that day and it was just great to get over the line. Very good. And do you want to speak about the Munster final at all? I know you were you were defeated, unfortunately, but you know, yeah, we were playing. Preparation and yeah, yeah, we no things are going well. John O'Keefe was the manager that year, and uh, you know who was a Kerry man as well. And we had, you know, we had been playing challenge games with Kerry, and we were we were there thereabouts with them, and we beat them actually in in the McGrath Cup in '97, and they had a lot of their winning team. Like you know, they had um, Darrow O'Shea, and they had Derek Canada, and uh, you had Morris Fitzgerald as well. So you know, there was a great boost for us to beat them in Cusick Park uh, in 97 uh, I think it was around maybe April or around that time anyway um, but of course they were well warned as well then Paddy O'Shea was over them so that you know there was no surprise element coming into the into the Munster final mm. um, you know and we were we were very close to them um, Palais got a goal he I think he said afterwards that he was going for a point and it dropped into the top corner mm. so you know, they, they, they beat us by four points, but again, there was no backdoor system at the time. So that team would have really benefited if there was a, a league system or a backdoor system because Kerry were just starting then to really come to the fore and dominate football for the next 10 years. So I suppose that was our chance to get over the line. And, you know, it was very disappointing that we didn't, didn't win it, you know. Yeah, yeah. They won the All-Ireland afterwards, actually. They beat Mayo in the final. Okay, well, it's it's testament to how strong a team and how good a team they were at the time, and mm-hmm. for you guys to be competing against them, mm-hmm. you know, says a lot for for that panel. Moving on then to ninety nine, you were the only man or the first man, Kilkee man, to win a railway cup. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a bit about the railway cup and what it entailed at the time? Yeah, so the railway cup was a interprovincial competition, and it. Probably was there since the 40s and it was a big competition around St. Patrick's Day where all the provinces would play each other and then the final would be on a Croke Park and you'd have crowds of 15,000, 60,000 in Croke Park. So by the time we came around to playing it, we'd say the interest in the public had, be, had dwindled a little and it wasn't a high profile event in the GA, but it was still a big achievement for players to get on and the players still bought into it. And you had all the best players in Munster still at that time playing it. So, you know, around that time, I think Paddy O'Shea was the manager. And uh, we had, we trained for it and stuff. And I actually made my debut in that in 93. I, I hadn't actually played championship with Clare at that stage. And I think they were short a few when Noel Walsh called me up. And uh, I think I was only expecting to go down and just make up the numbers. 
Um, but maybe with about 15 minutes to go, uh, there was a free kick on the 21-yard line and Morris Fitzgerald was taking it. And uh, Noel Walsh called me over and he says, you're going on now and you're going to take in that free. So he was a great yeah. Clare man. He was always trying to promote Clare. Mm-hmm. And he um, got, got me the slip. He said, don't worry about the slip. He said, I'll sort that out. And he, Morris Fitzgerald was lined up to take the free. And Noel Walsh roared into him to leave it to, to, to me to take. So um, it was an easy enough one now. It was only about 21 yards out straight in front of the goal. So you couldn't miss it. Um, but it was... It was, it was a good memory for me in the sense that, you know, I was telling Morris Fitzgerald to step aside and uh, I was taking the free. But, you know, it was still good confidence for me. And, you know, Noel Walsh, I'll always remember him for that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that he was trying to promote a clear man and trying to promote, you know, get confidence into to clear that you were as good as anyone else. Like, you know, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. let's not forget the, the skill and the talent that Morris Fitzgerald had. And he's been asked to step aside so Joaquin can take oh, the Oh, yeah, huh? exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you could keep the head down afterwards, all right. But it was great to play with players like him. And you had the players, top players from, from all over Munster. And uh, Seamus Minehan was playing that day as well. And, you know, you could name a good few more. But, you know, it was it, it was just being the dressing room with them. It was, it was just a nice boost. And uh, it was always something I'd look forward to. Yeah, well, you were definitely mixing it with the best of them at, at that stage, you know. Yeah, eventually then in 99, I think we got over the line in, in the Railway Cup. Um, and I suppose Noel Roach probably should have been the first Clare man to win it because he had played with Clare for so on. I think he got on one Munster team with 14 Kerry men. Oh, so, um, you know, he, I'd always look to um, try and, you know, if we could at all get a, get on that team as well. So it was hard to break on when the selectors were Cork and Kerry as well, like, you know, mm-hmm. so, um, so I was a sub in the 99, but it was still a great, you know, honor to, to, to get, to be involved in winning the Railway Cup. And I started in the following year, um, as well, uh, against Connacht. So, you know, it was, it was, it was just something that I'd always look forward to. And, and it was a competition I enjoyed playing in. Mm, very good. And then moving on to the following year, then with Clare, you know, you got to another Munster final against Kerry again. Yeah. You know, so you were still on track. So yeah. To speak. Yeah. Yeah. We were still on track. Um, Clare had been in the 90s, it was, it was a very successful decade for Clare, we'd say. I, I remember in the McGrath Cup, uh, we had one team competing, and there was another team competing up in the Connacht competition at the time. So there was lots of Clare players coming through, and they'd got ten months to final in the minors as well. And Michael Galvin had been coming through as well around that time, and and David Russell and and Mike Shea were starting to come to the fore as well. So it was still great having the Kilkee represent re- representatives on it, and uh, we were got to the Munster final against against Kerry and. Uh, Kerry were really starting to turn the screw at that stage and they were dominating the whole All-Ireland competition uh, from 2000s uh, and that time on. Um, so we were competitive enough in the final, but, you know, they, they beat us reasonably comfortably in the end, like, you know, but it was still uh, it was still good to be, you know, getting to the finals. But again, Kerry were, they were hard and formidable at the time, like, so it was, you know, maybe that's where the system needs to be looked at for future players like and, and having a league system or a Champions League system where you're not in, in, a, in a province and you're dominated by Kerry or Dublin, you know, it's definitely something that players and former players and current players w- w- would think that everyone should be given a fair crack at the whip um, and, and yeah. not discriminated against in so- certain ways because of what the province you come from. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah, understandable, for sure. What advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career in Gaelic football these days, Jar? Well, in anything, I, I think, you know, when you're younger, you know, we had, when we were younger, we had the options of playing every sport. You know, we had the Olympia Hall, we had the square, we had basketball courts up the back of the convent. Kilkee was like a massive playground, you know, and we, we played every sport and loved every sport. And nowadays, I think that if you can get that in, in, involved in kids at an early age, I would say play every sport, you know, develop your coordination, develop your endurance. You know, I'd love to see even a little bit of athletics back around Kiki, you know, and, and, and young lads. We all played, uh, we did athletics, like we won an All-Ireland Novice with Ger Crotty, Tom Nolan, uh, Dennis and myself, like, involved. Mm -hmm. And all those lads, uh, they ran, Michael Galvin, Tom Kerwin. If you go through all the team that won, uh, in 90, 90, uh, 2003, a lot of them did athletics like and had a base. Um, and then playing basketball and, and learning to kick with your right and left leg and right and, uh, using your right and left hand and become bilateral and you know all those coordination and fundamental movements. If you can start the kids with that and make it, uh, give them somewhere they can go that it's enjoyable to do this and that the, the coaching's enjoyable. And you don't take it, it's about just enjoying it when you're young, learning the basics and getting the people, the kids to buy in and play when they're older, mm. you know, and having a dream to play with Kilkee, yeah. you know, and having, having a, a pathway for them exactly. that, 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 you know, and, you know, I know they're Kilkee are in the underage with O'Curries and, uh, and, and Avon and, and that's good for them because they're playing at a higher division mm. and for the whole of West Clare, there should be the top class coaching brought in. They should be getting um, uh, opened uh, to, to, to the best facilities, the best coaching, uh, where they're developing as players and as people and that they want to play Gaelic football or hurling for whatever way that may be or whatever sport they want, but they're given the best opportunity when they're young. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, it's funny you make reference to athletics in particular, and I know it's in your background, but you know, no Roach made reference to it also. Uh, you made reference to basketball. No Roach did also. You know, no even discussed the peripheral vision, the limited time you have on the ball, all those little things, you know. They're the foundations really for whatever route you decide to go in your playing career, whether it be hurling, football, athletics and basketball. Yeah, they're the foundations. They're the foundations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, good point, Eddie. If you don't have those foundations up to the age of 10, then you're going to struggle. You know, so you need to have those foundations in place up to the age of 10. And again, years ago, people did a hopscotch on one leg. Uh, they did hide and seek. They did tag. That's gone now. So you have to have it in place that your funding movements are being done. Um, that there's a there's a pathway for the kids that they're, you know, that they're able to train two and three times a week for football. You know, like going back to the PJ Carey's. Paddy McDonald's, Anthony Geary's, the time they put into us with all that stuff. That's where it starts. And there's no glory in that. Yeah. There's no, that's hidden work. Mm -hmm. That's the work. The glory is all right when you're winning county championships and so on. But if that work hadn't been done with Kilkee underage, there was never going to be any county championships out of it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's where, you know, that I'd love to see you know better facilities and the club are working hard and you know even a West Clare facility that you know people are getting that um, exposure 
to the best coaching to the best movement uh, and they're they're developing they're developing the whole time and getting those fundamentals right yeah agreed agreed Joe why did you want to become a teacher well I'd say I I never really went out with the intention of becoming a teacher but I always kind of would like you know communicating with people and you know having good social relationships with with people and then with teenagers or whatever and i'd say i tried every job in the book as well you know jerry kelly had me employed for one summer as a vet uh, assistant you know and uh i think he got a better replacement when jerry jerry crotty took over uh but he was very good to me i worked with the council uh donnie buckley got me in the council during the summers and i worked with dad and uh I that that was a level where I swept the streets and cleaned the bins, uh, mm. and uh, I worked uh, for a while in the bank uh, for my co-op year. Um, I worked uh, to help the Nolans below in the butcher shop, bagging potatoes in, in in another place. So I did a lot of different jobs. We'll say I worked with Timmy the milkman. Mm. Uh, a lot of the lads around here yeah. worked with Timmy, and he was uh, awful good to us. Yeah. And uh, you know, in fairness. Um, he, he employed a lot of kiki lads, Timmy Meany, mm-hmm. and uh, I learned the value of hard work and what a job was. And, you know, teaching then I kind of fell into it. Mm-hmm. And, but it tied in with, with, with sport and helping people and mentoring people and trying to improve people. And I still, I really enjoy teaching, you know, I enjoy going in, I enjoy the interaction and trying to help uh, kids improve and give them advice, help them in the classroom. And I think it's more important now than ever, you know, the, the, the role of a teacher, the role of a mentor. And that ties in again with the coaching and giving kids role models yeah. uh, to look up to and, you know, not to be taken in by social media or, or the television or the Sky Sports, you know, that to make it as realistic as you can as possible. Mm-hmm. And I suppose, you know, the perks, obviously, of teaching are the holidays, right? Yeah, well, you are. You're, 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 with teaching, you'd say the time is your own in the sense that if you're working, you can get up early in the morning and correct, or you can do it late at night. And then, of course, you you know, you have the benefit then of, of the three months of the summer then. And I'd often do summer camps, and we held a summer camp in Kiki for a while as well, mm. uh, where we had the young lads in. Uh, so we got to know the young lads, remember the young Garveys and stuff were out there and, mm. you know, so that was nice there for a while as well. And then the club took over that summer camp and that was a great idea as well. So the club is, is thinking and it's been innovative, but you're going to have to be because of the numbers, the limit of numbers, you're going to be probably more innovative than other clubs mm. who have more numbers. You're going to have to see how the best, you can get the best out of the young lads that you have yeah. and get them developed in whatever way you can, that they're able to play senior with Kiki and with Claire. And as you said, going back to the teaching, it all ties in like, you know, yeah. with, with, with helping people and trying to make them improve mm. and, and giving advice to other people if they need it. And you're seeing the changes in education and the same changes are in, in society and the same changes are coming through to GA as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's the end of episode three. We hope you enjoyed it. In our next episode, we'll focus on Jur's coaching career. Stay tuned. Should be